1: Welcome to the Green Room. This is the show that is not enforcing a 20 mile an hour speed limit. However, for other podcasts that are enforcing a 20 mile an hour speed limit, you have my full respect. And as always, I am your splendid host, Terry Cook. And today I am wearing my Taylor Swift t-shirt because I have a feeling that I may be the problem on this episode. But as always, I am delighted to be here and even more delighted that you have chosen to listen and you will be delighted that it's not just me, I am joined by let's see if I get this right, the co-founder of the DITC and the founder of the TTE, Chris Benstead. How are we doing, Chris? I'm good. We love a set of letters, don't we? I've no idea what they mean. Um, Something to do with theory and driving, I think. I'm just trying to get a good score in Scrabble, and then I'll be happy. Um, Why well, you want to get a zebra crossing in there somewhere? Because that's not bad, is it? And questions. There you go. That's two letters you can get in. um But it's not just me and Chris. We are also joined by some of my lovely premium members who at the minute are lurking around in the background. And we'll bring them in later on if they want to share their views. And uh we'll go from there. But... We are back with episode 33, as I mentioned, we've got a lot of news to cover today because we didn't cover it in the last episode for a very specific reason. Um, And just before I dive into that, so I'll just mention one other thing first, which is, as I said, a lot of news to get through in a moment, but... Last month we did that very specific episode because we uh, we we the industry lost a legend in, in Lou Walsh and I know Chris you wanted to mention something specific about this uh, but I just wanted to jump in beforehand and just say sort of a thank you first of all because after that episode I got a lot of lovely comments a lot of lovely feedback from people and anyone that sports me beforehand or anyone that saw it live will know that I was having big debates whether to do it or not and whether it would be exploitative or anything like that when i just wanted to do something nice so you know thank you for the feedback it was much appreciated because it wasn't uh not the 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 best of things if that makes sense i still don't know how to talk about it now but you know we do as we can uh so so chris what what are your thoughts i know you what you had a few bits you wanted to share about that
0: firstly wasn't the feedback lovely um i i had some people getting in touch and and saying you know it it genuinely helped them through things to kind of process and you know i i don't i don't think we could have had better feedback including from lou's family which which was you know was really appreciated because we were both a little bit unsure and I, I know phil felt the same it was raw um and uh you know uh, yeah i i think it was quite cathartic as well you know uh, any event in my life now i'm going to be saying can we do a podcast to chat about it because uh, it yeah it definitely helped helped us work through things and i helped i think it helped a lot of other people um we we had the um the the funeral um which was was an <laughs> I don't know if it's right to say an event. It it was a, a touching tribute. There we go. Not many people get Birdie to sing um live at their funeral. Um Lou had taught Birdie to sing, so so she came along with her full name and I can't remember what it was now. Um and just everything was was, you know, absolutely appropriately a, a touch of Lou. Um and you know, I thought it was really nice so it was good to meet up with faces that that all you know were were sharing their their own recollections and you know um yeah it it was it it was what it needed to be i think but i think we're all still figuring out what that means um and i keep hearing from people that are saying that as well um on a a, a hopefully positive but you know i, I don't think there's going to be a dry eye in the house Um, note we are, we have decided to, um, go ahead with the choir, the big learner relay choir, um, recording for this year, which was already planned. Uh, we hadn't found a date. Uh, we literally were just about to kind of tie things down. Um, the song hasn't changed. It's just got a new meaning, uh, which I think is lovely. I I, I don't know. <laughs> Ask me afterwards. Um, but we've got a, a good number of people. Um, hopefully, a number of Louise's family are going to be coming along as well. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure how that day goes. But we we are we have you know we're organising some food for afterwards so that everyone can you know have a chat and a catch up. And it was one of Louise's favourite days of the BLR. Calendar because it it was the start of you know the proper stuff instead of the the months of planning that went into it. So if anyone is interested, more the merrier. Um, uh, it's on the twenty second of October. Uh, message me and I'll point you in the right direction, or go and find the Big Learner Relay uh Facebook
1: page, the official one, and the details are on there. I'll put links to that in the show notes as well. But yeah, I. I... Second, what you said, Chris, as well, just the feedback was lovely. Um, yeah, it was just very weird um, one to record. Um, hmm. And I think the other thing I'll just chip in here actually is it's one of the things I've got good at as a podcaster is segues. And I have no idea how to segue from this, so I'm just going to do a hard cut. Uh, so we're <laughs> going to move on to the news because, as we said, we, we've, we, we missed quite a bit and obviously over the last couple of months and one thing that I missed in particular, and I don't know if this was actually August or July or possibly earlier, um, but I came across this on social media that Marmalade, the the insurance company for for learners, that Marmalade, um, not the, you know, reserve, they have stopped and cut all their commissions for... Driving shutters, basically. Because you know, at one point, they had commissions for buying cars and all sorts, and then it, it reduced, and certain things got knocked off. And, and now they're not doing anything. And and that might not seem like a big story, but they were the biggest providers for that in the industry. Other insurance companies do it as well. Uh, as far as I'm aware, for example, there may be others I, I don't know, but Collingwood are still doing this, to the best of my knowledge. But normally, that was something almost they seemed to pride themselves on. And then this just kind of came out of the blue, so I just wondered if you had any thoughts on that, Chris. I cards on table. I've done a lot of work with marmalade over the years. Um,
0: it was wasn't anything I'd heard about either, um, and until some someone questioned it and we looked into it, and, and yes, that's the case. They have said. They're looking at other options and and other things going forwards. So, you know, maybe it's a sidestep rather than than it just being the plug pulled. Maybe it's a reflection on how difficult things are at the moment. We've all seen the price of insurance has shot up. You know, I I don't know. If I'm being generous, maybe we view it that they're trying to keep our pupils' insurance policies down by, you know, not cutting us in on it. Um, So, you know. It's more client-centered that way, isn't
1: it? it is but this potentially truth there as well. And this I'm not throwing accusations at anyone, but it's like it's easier as a customer sometimes forget that other people's prices go up as well. You know, even you go to a local sandwich shop or whatever, if they put their price up, it's not always because they're after more money. You know, their prices have gone up. Like you think of us as instructors, fuel's going up, our insurance is going up, you've got all these cost increases, so we put our prices up accordingly and if, if they had that choice, for example, of increasing insurance or just cutting our commissions, I could understand why they did that. Obviously, we don't know that's the case, but I think it, it's good not to jump to conclusions. But, you know, it's a, a, a bit of a kick for instructors because I know that's something i would used in the past and, and, and you know, earned a few quid from. So it's, it's a little bit of a downer for instructors, isn't it?
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, abs- absolutely. It, especially when it's one of those things that, you know, you... You, it's a partnership even if you you never speak to them you you are giving your reputation to to them I, th- I think we always feel a little bit hard done by if if nothing else um but hopefully you know uh they'll hopefully be at the expo we can you know we can have a chat and find out some more news and uh, let people know if there are any changes
1: yeah yeah, it'd be good to see them at the Expo. Maybe I'll grab a few minutes for recording and we can get somewhere from them. Speaking of the Expo, there's a good segue. Uh, speaking of the Expo, that's coming up soon. This is uh, the last green room before the the Expo, which is it the 8th? It's the 8th of um, yes. October, isn't it? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, we usually have a little chat about it before it, and, you know, we're usually quite full of praise and, and, and stuff, so... Anything different this year, or do you think it's and I don't mean that in a negative when I say do you think it's the same, or do you think it's just a continuation of the good work they've done?
0: It, it seems to be different names that are speaking, so it's nice that there's you know some differences there. Um they I, there's gonna it, it's gonna be a couple of big big differences. Um I think one one is as we mentioned Lou Walsh. Um, and uh the other one, if if anyone knew um sue duncan's uh partner jeff um who was it, the epitome of a gentleman just absolutely to the, the waistcoat and just how he spoke and i just he you say the word gentleman he comes to mind um and you know s- sadly he he died um shortly before uh before louise um and yeah it, it was going to be difficult anyway um that's magnified now so yeah i i think you know um i always remember with the expo walking him seeing him I, I that's going to be another another odd one um and i yeah i i think there there'll be some reflection and you know, uh memories going on there but the stands will be much the same i don't ex- ever expect there to be anything groundbreaking and new um free ice cream again we hope um or is it vegan their ice cream no idea no no that's just all the more for me if it if it's not it's fine um and uh hopefully 23 pens um but outside of that i I think there's yeah um there's there's at least three decent you know speakers going on um and uh it'll be interesting to see what happens
1: um dbsa are in attendance so yeah, you know. we'll see i must admit i've been to a few of these now so i think the two of the the expo and the, the conference and one of my highlights is always seeing you with your goodie bag i've never seen anyone look as happy to have a bag full of pens and stuff it's an amazing moment um I'm a big fan of the expos. Anyone that that listens knows. I think it's, you know, it is free for us to to go down and take part in, and and it's a great event. You know, there's some great speakers there. It's great to get the different exhibitors. I think what I'm finding the more I go is I'm I'm enjoying the networking side of it more. And by that I don't mean going and and sort of almost doing business to business transaction. I mean just the meeting of new people. I think I'm I'm really enjoying that and. You know, that's not necessarily who I am, but I'm enjoying the friendliness and the camaraderie that's down there. So on the flip side, you know, I, I realise I'm saying that, but I'm also going to ask people to come and watch me on stage. So I'm telling people to do the thing that I'm not going to do much of. But what I did do this year, actually, I've created my my list. So I'm not going to go and see all these people uh, because I'm going to be doing the network, I said, but I've created a, an itinerary of who I would go see. Uh So who you oh, would see. So yes. that sounded like you'd made a list of people you're definitely not going to talk to. And I, I was chomping at the bit then. Oh, I have that list, but I'm not going to read it out. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do that in the green room extra. Um, the, I mean, look, I appreciate that in the same way as when I did my top 10 instructor resources for Josh's YouTube slash podcast channel, um, I offended a lot of people by not mentioning them. I appreciate that I'll be offending people by not mentioning them on here, but I'm going to say it anyway. So 9 a.m., I would be going to see Racy Griff. I love 9 uh, 9.45 would be Kevin Tracy Field. 10.30 would be Bob Morton. I think that also uh, is up against uh, Lee Jack and Mcnolls who I would be keen to see, but I've always got a soft spot for Bob. The one I couldn't decide on genuinely was my 11.15 because the Stuart Lockery is on, and I'm a, I love Stuart. And also Abigail Britton. Well, she's advertised at Abigail Britton. I think her name is actually Holland now. I think she's married and changed her surname. But as we know with the Entente Instructor, they're not amazing with names. Um they're Christ, Ben, Steed. Um, but I'm, I'm, Abigail is at the DVSA. For those who don't know, she's at the DVSA. She's in char- uh, head of recovery, and uh, she's in charge of the um i Ready campaign. <laughs> and I'll be keen to, to see what 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 she does there. I'm feeling... Self-aware now. Um anyway, uh 12 o'clock, I'd then be going to see Amy Hartley. Uh 1245 would be Phil Cowley and Diana Todd. 30 would be uh oh rudgingly gonna say this now, Chris 2 215. I kind of stuck to this one because I would have to go see it, which is me. Uh, <laughs> and then three o'clock, there's no other choice, apparently, no other choice, uh, other than Love Day Rider. Which brings me, oh, segue, uh, to the next question I was gonna ask, which There was a brilliant question on on Facebook not so long ago by Gareth Marchant. Now, I'm a big fan of Gareth Marchant. I think I love some of the questions he posts online. He's been on the Green Room once um, a couple of years ago. go check his episode out. But he was asking a question around, should the DVSA headline? Is that giving out the wrong message of the DVSA headline? And it's something I'd never considered before. Now, I'm going to kind of put my... Two pennies worth in um, around the the marketing side before I throw over to you because I can understand why they do it in, in terms of a marketing sense because that sounds like a big name. The chair or CEO a role is of the the DVSA Love Deer Rider. That sounds like big compared to. Bryce Bensteed, you know, compare those two, which one has, no offence, Chris, but which one has more pulling power in that sense? I can understand from a marketing standpoint, but from a standpoint of the industry, should the DVSA be headlining?
0: I'm, I'm just feeling bad that, the you know, the most professional bit and you had it all pre-planned and I trod all over it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I think... Should they in the current industry? Yes. Because I think they're what we've got. Um, who, who would lead? If, if we had a different different room and we were going to put it together, it would all be opinion-based. It, it would be people answering questions about the, what they think we should do. And, you know, the power is at the DVSA. But... I agree with with Gareth that it's you know that the, they are the minimum standard setters they they shouldn't be about the awesome aw, awesome the awesome industry in, w- in which you know we can we can do whatever standards we want to we we can include anything that we think is going to work and benefit people and then it's down to the customer to judge whether they they want it or not. Um and I think if in that world where we're we're looking, you know, upwards and outwards, no, they shouldn't, because they they're setting the minimum standards. And why would we worry? Unless there was an issue with those, you know, it's who would you rather go and see some inspirational speaker that can make you think that you can do anything or would you rather go and listen to the tax man because that's kind of the comparison you know do, do you want to go and just hear hear what those steps are and probably not unless we're scared of something that's when we turn up, isn't it? Standards check, change. Oh no, everyone turns up. You know, it, it's when when I was chairing. I think i technically still am our local association. Um, Covid got in the way heavily. Um, the 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 way to fill the room was to to you know get the DVSA along every single time, and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, there's some amazing people came along with things that would benefit your business and make you more money. I don't think the DVSA are ever going to do that.
1: So depends what we're in it for, really. I think... And I'm using hypothetical numbers here, but let's say that 800 people regularly went. Let's use that number, 800 people attended. Mm-hmm. Do you think if the DVSA weren't going to this one, that number would drop? Significantly. I'm not on Ooh. about tiny fluctuations again
0: we haven't we haven't got anything else the the expo is the only one of its kind yeah you know, previously there was um mike did the instructor show and yeah there was there was another one that was a, a you know kind of free event go along and hear people speak we're, we're down to the expo um yeah you know, which is the ADI and JC and intelligent instructor um There are, DIA have got a conference, MSA have conferences, but they're a little bit different. The format's a bit different. I think the word conference sometimes puts people off. Um, I've always thoroughly enjoyed them when I've been, Um, but the expo's a different beast, a different way of working, which I think allows you to kind of, you know, mooch around and have a look, and you don't have to feel structured inside of it which probably appeals to a lot of the industry. Um but you know you can do it your way. And and as you, as you showed with your list, you know you you can choose different to other people. Um not everyone's going to want to turn up to see Terry Cook. Um and Christ Beanstead is you know in trouble because I I'm I'm searching for the bloke when I get there.
1: I mean, I must just chip in there actually, because I realised as we were talking that that wasn't the intelligent instructor that got your name. That was the DIA that did that, wasn't it?
0: Oh, is it? I don't, it's, everyone's got it it's, wrong this year. Um, it, I'm, it's still wrong. You're still safe on on the intelligent instructor's website. It is still spelt wrong. All right, fair enough. So but it's uh, it's okay.
1: I find this topic fascinating. I really do. And I mean, just on that list for a second. Again, I know this will be different for everyone, but how how awesome is that? You could go at nine o'clock and go and watch all of those things. And there's quite a variety, just in that list I've said. Now, for anyone listening that's unaware, every time slot I put on there, there are three people speaking. And I've chosen one from each one, the list that I would go to. And that's no offense to anyone else, by the way. So anyone that is unaware, there's actually triple what I've just described. But how cool is it that I could go and see that list and and you know, take part of that. I think that's awesome. But this whole thing about how should headline it it brings back. I'm not dwelling on this too much because we spoke about it before, but you know, the, the standards check headline in podcast episodes or in, when it comes to training, we use the standards check. It's not always because it's about the standards check. More people will listen. You know, one of my highest downloaded episodes is when I spoke to the DVSA. Now I think that's slightly different because it's the first time I've done it. And it was about a specific subject. It was an interview. So maybe a slightly different thing, but I, I would love it if whether it's the, the April one or the October one next year, if they put the DVS in the middle and pick someone, someone like a Bob Morton, you know, I think Bob would fill that end slot quite nicely. You know, he's, he's, widely regarded as an industry legend you know whether you agree or not irrelevant but he is regarded as that he, he used to be yeah he, yes exactly um and maybe he can regain the background <laughs> by being headlined in the expo but i would be fascinated to see that but i don't think anyone is going to the expo for one person i think they're going because of the collection that's there The collective, if you like, Chris, to to coin (laughs) a phrase. um, The collective of people that are there, I think that's what they're going for, and then checking who they want to see. I don't think that number will drop. If he was 800-figure, I don't think that number's going to drop massively if the DVSA weren't there.
0: No, I I think if people are going to go, they're going to go. Also, as you pointed out, if there's three people on at the same time and the DVSA are on on their own, then arguably you get three times as many people in the room of the dbsa by default um i i wonder how much you know keep them there till the end is to keep people there until the end so they'll they'll you know they'll hold out until a bit like um end of credits you know uh, uh, <laughs> during a film um you know you, you sit there just to find out there aren't there's nothing worth watching it was you know you, you held out for no reason um i I would like it more if if there was more challenging going on and I think so often we as as instructors let ourselves down if if we do it collectively that someone will get caught up on their local traffic light sequence or something at their local test center instead of asking the big questions and and you know and and really going what what is it about road safety you're only going to get political answers anyway, so I'm yeah. I'm I, I, I'm 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 less bothered because um, I'm less influenced by what they say nowadays because um, I've, I've heard it before. Um, it is when changes come along, and at the moment, if there's a question that's not about waiting lists, I'm going to be impressed.
1: Well, that's what you said because I'm uh, just thinking about it, it, it. It's interesting. You were talking about. Like, would people hang about if they had the DVSA for the middle of the day? And then you mentioned previously about it's the choice of listening to the tax person or the inspirational speaker. I mean, oddly, I've got the tax person on my list, but, you know. No no offense to tax people, sorry. (laughs) Um, But do you think we need something, or maybe I'm phrasing this badly, imagine if we had something that excited us do you know what i mean imagine if that end thing that three o'clock slot was exciting because again no offense intended to love day or the DVSA but that's not exciting no one's going to the expo. oh i can't wait to listen to love day that's gonna i'm gonna go away buzzing people who were just curious to see what she says or they want to throw a question about waiting lists like you said imagine if they'd got um i don't know a more like you said a motivational speaker uh what's his name, Daniel Priest, I know he's not a speaker, but someone like that, or a Dan Meredith, you know, been on my podcast, you know, mm-hmm. these sort of people, nothing to do with the industry, but someone that could come in and deliver something imp- impassioned about something, something to be excited by. Or even if you switched it around slightly, now, I'm not going to use me as an example, but imagine if you had someone interviewing Love Day Rider mm-hmm. at the specific thing that isn't, where she's not just going to go, oh, I, I'm going to waffle a bit and then just go on to the next question where someone actually says, actually, you're wrong there, and let me tell you why, you know, that would be different. And, you know, and this isn't a criticism of an intelligent instructor at all. It's just me, my brain wondering now. But imagine if you had that thing to end with, something that was genuinely exciting. That would be the thing that made the numbers go up. Would you agree?
0: Yes, I just don't know what that would be with wide-reaching interest. It's probably a reflection of of the eclectic mix of driving instructors that you know there are no two the same, which is you know strange because often we'll have different opinions, but we're we're often of a similar type of person or you know there's there's similar traits there, but it is so wide ranging and and I just wonder whether you know what what would that be. Um, you know, if if we stick a wrestler up there, you're you know like a proper big name. You're you're going to be front of front front of house trying to get an autograph. I'm probably not going to turn up. You know, I, I yeah, I, I just I wonder what that. I don't know who I would want need it to be to to kind of feel that I wanted to go and engage. Yeah, it, 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 it's interesting. Maybe, maybe maybe there's a poll in that. Let's let's get some recommendations
1: it's definitely a poll for any of you guys watching now feel free to chuck some suggestions in the comments for who should headline as this inspirational motivational person um but what i am going to say is that because love dig is not in the same room as me technically i'm headlining that room because i'm the last person on so you know i'll go with that <laughs> uh, and and it is uh myself and sophie thompson and Uh, We're going to be talking all things uh, mindfulness theory training, as well as mindfulness for ADIs and self-care. And I'm making that quite a broad topic because I haven't decided yet. Um, She keeps asking me what what I'm going to talk about, and I haven't decided, so I can't tell her. (laughs) But something around those topics should be fun. Uh, So make sure you're coming along to that. Because she works so well when she's not prepared. (laughs) People like... um preparation unfortunately i'm not great for that so we have got some suggestions uh, i'd love to see chris i'm presuming that's you i'd love to see chris interview love day i've got a shout for james may james may could be quite good yeah um i quite like the idea of james may either way yeah keep those coming in if you've got any other ideas but there was another idea put forward chris uh it was an idea that I, someone suggested to me on my social media that uh, was then pointed out that you suggested to me a while ago. Uh, but unfortunately, I must have either been in a really grumpy mood or a really happy mood, one or the other. Uh, it was put forward that we could do an alternative and just start recording the green room randomly. That's an idea. Still, yeah. Um, when you put that to me, I genuinely at the time thought like, that would be too militant. It would be like, let's show them. And I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know whether it would just be a bit dickish. And I can't decide whether just... Let, I'll tell you what, let's go and do this green room and show them and then three people turn up and we look like a a bunch of Oh, the last uh, last time we did exactly that thing, except we did it just me and you in the car. So, so yes. <laughs> it's Apple, we're taking it with us. Yeah. Uh, so no one could not turn up and watch us because we didn't give them the choice. Um, but I just wonder, you know... Just to use that example, what how, what do you reckon? Should we do a green room? Should we? Should you just jump on stage with me and Sophie? You finished. Grab a mic and start recording with me.
0: Yeah, we, let's broadcast the secret plans uh, that's going out before the expo, and then you know, you know, give the game away. Yes, no, we should. I basically a sit-in. Um, you know, I, I think yeah. We, whichever room it is, we take it over and, and just carry on regardless and see 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 who the genuine supporters and fans of uh <laughs> as i said that phil cowley pops up on the screen saying i'll be there yeah. it, it was a given phil it really <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way um so yeah i i you know it why not I'm not bothered about what they've got to say. We're not going to miss anything. Um, you would think that they've all got, got all of our email addresses, so they'll keep us informed if there's something important to know.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, Richard Bardi's hey. and Richard Stars are currently arguing over who's going to have the privilege of throwing us out. <laughs> so, um, all right, well, you know, we're over 30 minutes into the show, so we may as well introduce ourselves. Uh, we'll, we'll come back in a second with... Um, 20 mile an hour zones amongst other things but Chris do you want to just take a moment to uh, tell everyone who you are where they can find you and what you do that's so special and unique
0: um yes uh I'm Chris Bensted. I am the co-founder of the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective the DITC which is the signposting platform for the driving instructor industry if you're looking for something get in touch because we probably know where it is unless it's something to do with socks that have you know you're Washing machine to swallow one of them. Can't help with that. But um anything else, instructor related, get in touch. We can probably help. Um, getting particularly good at uh people who've got points on their license at the moment. So be careful. Don't touch your phone when driving, because um those phone calls are really depressing. Um, because you know, it it's unlucky. It's it's very rarely blatant rule breaking it's just someone's done something stupid in a moment um i also do theory training um on zoom one-to-one supporting pupils particularly those with specific needs so if you've got any questions about that
1: get in touch Excellent. And as you may well be aware, I am Terry Cook. I'm the host of the Instructor Podcast and the Instructor Podcast Premium. So if you are after a quick fix and some cheap and easy options that give you the magic wand to help you grow your driving business and become a better instructor, do not come to me because I will not provide you with that. I will instead provide you with some resources that you can work through and put time and effort in to become a better instructor and run a better business. And you can find more about that at podcast podcast.com but you are currently listening to the green room and we're going to move on to another couple of bits because i want to touch briefly on something else that's happened in october because on the 8th we've got the um what we're we talking about the expo um intelligent instructor and adi and JSA. i always forget the adi and JSA bit and then on the 18th we've got the ice event which is in birmingham and it is the uk's only road and community safety vr event and we're going out with Christ- we we are i'm i'm fascinated
0: i have having, having just had vr enter our household with my um my my now teenager he hit 13 cuz he wasn't allowed one before he was 13 um uh yeah he it, it's fascinating stuff and um it really messes with your head i th- i think it's got massive potential i spoke to a couple of companies Um, from countries beginning with S. I can't remember which ones they were. Um, Yeah, I think one of them was Sweden. and I think the other one might have been Switzerland. I can't think of other countries beginning with S. But anyway, um, during lockdown, which is why it's all a bit hazy, because, you know, all blurred into one. But they were doing fascinating stuff, but they're all starting with driving on the right-hand side, looking at options of actually teaching people to drive. So you can be sat there in your PJs or nothing and pop in and appear next to your pupil who can you know is sat at their house with your VR headsets and you're teaching each other virtually in in that environment Um, or they can be doing some practice of judging roundabouts and things you know there's some really good options also looking at the dangers the things that we can't really do so dealing with blue lights the things that don't come up overtaking um, other vehicles, because when we're the one doing the speed limit and everyone else is going at, you know, pushing it a bit, we don't end up getting those overtaking opportunities. So yeah, the idea, the concept fascinates me. How they're getting a conference out of it, that fascinates me even more. Um I um I, I think it's going to be really interesting as to as to what's there and and the benefits to us. Um, but if not yeah, yeah, we can have a good chat.
1: <laughs> and I have spoken to James Evans, who's, I don't know if he's the organiser or one of the organisers, and he's given me permission to take a microphone and do a bit of recording down there as well. So um, we can, that'll be put out via podcast as well. So there'll be something there. Uh, we have got a very important question in the chat that I think it's worth bringing up. Um, so I'd like to bring up the serious points as they come up. Uh, and it's from Kev, who says, this is his first live green room but he's watched many, and he has one question. Is this a Terry and Chris beard off? Um, no is the answer, because I've had mine cut, I've had mine trimmed. Um, it is trimmed. What are you talking about? No, it's never changed. Genuinely, whatever I see it's always the same, and I can't decide. You've mastered the art of controlling your beard. Or I just get it cut regularly.
0: I, I get it cut fairly regularly by a barber that refuses to take it any shorter than this, because he um he's jealous because i i went in originally saying i'll just have a number two all over it that's it all sorted and you know then stopped that and it's grown to this and his is the same as it was when he was doing the first lot so he he's very upset so yeah
1: well as always this is a show where we tackle all the important issues um, so let's move on to another one because back in august when we first muted the idea of we we're planning dates for august green room uh you couldn't make it chris because you're on holiday and you text me and said um you know good you couldn't make it because you wanted to talk about the meganar because way back in august which i think was the fourth um we had the first ever instructor meganar so let's just take a moment to reflect on that because It was really good. I enjoyed it. You know, I created it, so I'm biased, but I really enjoyed it. I thought, well, great. I've been back and watched it since. Um, Some lovely speakers on delivering some lovely content. What were your thoughts on that? For anyone that wasn't aware, that didn't watch it, that's listening now and has no idea what I'm banging on about, uh, The Instructor Meg and I was an event where I got nine incredible speakers to come and deliver 20-minute, well, supposed (laughs) 20-minute presentations should have lasted three hours, went on for three and a half because a few people overran, and I kept talking to them in between. But, yeah, and it was exactly what I said in the tin, And Meganar. So what were your thoughts on the Meganar, Chris?
0: Firstly, I think, you know, you and I both are ridiculously critical of everything we do ourselves. So actually, if you think it was good, it must have been awesome. Um, and I would agree. I think everybody um, delivered something that was, you know, engaging and interesting um there was a a really good mix of stuff nothing overlapped um but they they all oddly kind of fitted together as well it wasn't that you know like yeah i I don't want to give you too much credit because you know why break a habit but um
1: i i thought you did really really well so well done you thank you uh, and anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, you can go and check the highlights, which is an hour-long video. Hour-long is an uh, is highlights. Uh, that's on the YouTube channel, uh, the Instructor Podcast YouTube channel. You can see that video there. Um, yeah, this, I thought the speakers were really good. I'm not giving myself credit for that, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm giving the speakers credit for delivering awesome presentations. And one of the things that I did like that that I've helped cultivate a little bit over the past year or so is with my premium members they have got very, very good at giving me constructive feedback. You know, they're not just, oh, this was awesome, this was awesome. They will tell me what they like. They'll tell me what they didn't like. Uh, and I got some really, really good constructive feedback. I don't think there was actually any negative feedback. It was it was constructive and positive, and that's that's exactly what I wanted. And there were some, some teaming problems, some stuff I'm going to learn from and take from. Uh, but I have announced the next one, which is January the 17th, I think I haven't wrote it down. Um, Slight change. uh, It's going to be at five o'clock rather than six o'clock kickoff to give. uh, So it's not running quite as late because it ran to half nine last time, but more details will be available for that. So ideally sign up to instruct the podcast newsletter and you'll get announcements and details about to join up and stuff over there, but it will be the same again. It will be in its private Facebook group where you join that Facebook group and it'll be broadcast there on fingers crossed the 17th at at 5 p.m off the top of your head chris is there anyone you like to see apart from love day rider obviously she'll be a top choice
0: was exactly the name on my lips that was what i was gonna say i was gonna say love day rider so um i'm gonna have to think now um who would i like to see we'll go james may um I'm, you know we'll, we'll punch high um quentin wilson um, he's always good as well um now I I I'd, I'd like to hear actually the name you mentioned earlier uh Dan Priestley, Daniel Priestley um I think his what his take on driving instructing as businesses um anyone who hasn't come across him the um, KPI key person of influence and is he oversubscribed as well? I think, um, but he's got a few books out there. Um, and if you get a chance, some of his training's free, go to it. It's, it's, he's, he's bang on it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and, and I'll also go with the one you said earlier, of Dan Meredith. Um, I think, you know, something about business would be a, a really nice, nice way to to go through things and maybe slot a comedian in the middle. Who can just take the Mickey out of driving instructors for a bit to make us remember that actually we're not God? That'd be cool.
1: I quite like that idea, but I was imagining the email. Fancy coming on to do a Megan and Arthur instructors where for twenty minutes you take the piss out of us. I think that would work. That's probably the best email i have ever sent to anyone. But old um uh 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 Oh help! Rob uh, Rob
0: Beckett was was defending learner drivers the other day on Twitter, saying that you know anyone who gets up the backside of a a driver, a a learner driver, you know should be shot. I don't think he quite worded it like that, Um,
1: but yes. So uh,
0: yeah, uh, we can have a chat. Have a chat with Rob.
1: Speaking of people that get up the backside of the car in front, Wales have introduced a 20-mile-an-hour zone. Um, They have introduced a 20-mile... That's a good segue, wasn't it? (laughs) They've introduced a 20-mile-an-hour zone. It is not a blanket 20-mile-an-hour zone. It is a 20-mile-an-hour zone for residential areas where traffic meets pedestrians. I think that's how it's been described. Uh, And also, and I did not know this until I did a little bit of digging, councils have been given... A permission to change speed limits back so it's only mandatory where there's schools so if in six months time the council is looking at certain roads and they're finding that it's not working in those areas they can change the speed limits back now i have not been looking forward to talking about this but i feel it's right that we do so chris what are your thoughts on this not a blanket 20 mile an hour speed limit enforcement in wales really upset that i can't
0: see phil's face um because this is normally the moment where you know we lo- we lock eyes and we have a different opinion or something um i uh i firstly think you know it's also only applies when there's a y in the day of the month and you know all these other rules it's so bloody confusing it looks really simple on the face of it um and and then it, it's not it seems like a real. I I don't quite follow, to be honest. Um, but I'm not in Wales, and I'm not planning on going there for a while, so I, I haven't massively tried to understand it. But I just feel it's confusing. Um, I'm not in much of a different area because I'm on the outskirts of London. So if if I go the other side of the M25 and, and head in a bit, it's all pretty much twenties anyway. Um, Do I think it's helped road safety? No, not in the slightest. Um, And the worst thing that's happened is confusion. So we've got a local town that put in 20 zones during COVID um, and then took them out again afterwards, but only took out half the signs. So that causes danger because confusion causes collisions. Um, I think that if people are being... Try and highlight danger rather than force them to do something without reason. Because if people are are kind of forced into it and and just told this is what you should do, they'll have a differing opinion and they'll do the opposite. Lesson for the DVSA there as well. Um, So I think actually it's probably going to do the opposite of trying to make things safer. And the people that it is aimed at, unless they're heavily enforcing... And last I heard, there weren't any extra police out there to enforce um, unless they're spending a fortune on road traffic cameras of sorts where people will slow down for that camera and then speed up again. And I, I'm i not a big fan, but I've never been a fan of enforcement over education anyway.
1: I actually thought that we were further apart on this than how you described it. Um, I think we're, we're actually quite close together. I think the the thing for me is this, it, it seems to have, have split a lot of the population where you've got a big chunk, and, and I'm talking extremes, so you've got a big chunk that are like road safety and and this is the only way to do it and this is what's going to save lives and if you don't agree with this and you clearly just want to run children over and then you've got the other side which is like no you cannot reduce a speed limit you are taking away my civil liberties how dare you impose a speed limit on me despite the fact that i've been following them for my entire driving life um and i think more you know you've got the two extremes and they're the people we're here and I think mm. most people sit somewhere in the middle, but as if anything, it's he who shouts loudest is heard. And I I actually, oh, I the people are going to shout at me now. I actually quite like the principle of it. I I, I agree with you in this side of education um, over reinforcement. I do believe that. But I'm also one for thinking just be, there are things that I can think of that I would rather have done than a 20-mile-an-hour zone. You know, I better education, more police on the roads, just to enforce the current measures, better signage. We currently have a, a two... <laughs> there's a road local to me that currently has a 50 sign and a 60 sign next to each other, literally next to each other. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff we could change, you know, mandatory driving tests every 10 years or the well, one out the backlog, but you get my point, that I would have prioritised over this, but I don't think that makes this a bad thing in principle, I think that the thing you touched on there massively is Im- implementation. I think that's the thing; it's not been implemented very well. It's confusion. However, if you follow the speed signs that are there, you you're not going to have a problem, unless you get a fifty and a sixty next to each other, which obviously isn't ideal. But if we have the situation
0: we we ha- currently have with thirties, you know, everywhere else, where there aren't signs because streetlights mean 30, and we have that situation. We Again, we had a road locally where they went from 40 to 30, so they took all the signs away. So rather than having signs along there saying what the speed was, there was nothing because streetlights mean 30. But it only works if you know and, and if you understand that principle, and so many people don't. And from the people that I speak to that are doing speed awareness courses, not driving instructors, but it's the thing that they learn, uh, the thing that oh I didn't know that you know street lights meant thirty. Um, so it's, it's getting that across. As I say, it, it, for me it's education. Um, and uh, it, we, I've always liked the idea of having a traffic light system on roads, where the second there's a crash, it gets marked as a red road and it slows slows right down dramatically take the speed limit down because there's been a crash if there isn't a crash for a certain amount of time then all right ease ease off and i work on the assumption that no one leaves home deliberately trying to crash so you know work that way um but i i I don't know. I just don't feel it's going to get. It'll. It's a lovely statistical outcome for whoever decided to put it in place to go. Well, it's it's had this benefit, but those statistics will be fiddled to represent whatever they want them to represent, like all statistics do.
1: Yeah, well, I don't. I can't disagree with you. I think that it comes down to the implementation. I mean, you were saying about the signs. I would imagine, and I could be wrong. Completely. But I would imagine the, the area you're talking about, there is a 30 sign to go onto the road. So you know you're turning into a 30 sign. Well, I would also imagine that in Wales, and again, this is a problem. I'm imagining it hasn't been communicated very well. And I actually yeah. did research this to see if I could find out a definitive answer. And I'll come back to that in a second. But I would imagine that it's just taken now that streetlights is 20 in Wales, unless it says otherwise. And the there was... Uh, there was a Labour MP or a Labour Council, I can't remember that, I went and listened to a podcast on, and he was quite open on it, saying, this is a bedding in period. There are still cities in um, Wales that haven't changed the speed signs. I, I, this is what annoyed me. You, you, this is, And he was banging on about how they've been discussing it for four years and planning it and researching it. Right, So you've had four years to prepare these cities. One of the cities, by the way, was used in the trial so the city that isn't prepared for the change was used in the trial and i've forgotten the name i haven't wrote it down it was somewhat beginning with f and i'm like how does that work how could they do a trial in it without changing the signs for the trial and then make it go live for this without changing this now just to come back slightly as well if i'm thinking more locally to areas i know I would be really, really chuffed. I can think of loads of roads I would love them to reduce the speed on, whether that's 40 to 30 or 30 to 20, genuinely. But not as in the national speed limit, not as in restricted roads are reduced to whatever, but as in this road's a danger, let's reduce the speed. And I don't mean this road's a danger because there's been a crash, because that's too late. We need to be more proactive rather than reactive. And we're not. No one is. We we shit at that. Not just the government, not just the DVSA, but instructors and humans. We wait for the thing to go wrong and then, you know, fix it going forward. We should be preemptive. And and I've spoke about this before, but since moving to where I am now, I use this stretch of twenty road every day. And it's a long, nice, long. It takes about two to three minutes to drive down it, and I do twenty on it, and I just bob my cruise control on. All along doing 20, no problem. And I would say I get overtaken three or four times a week. I'm tailgated every day, the car in front's pulling away. And, but then there's a flip side. And this kind of touched on a comment that's been made by Guy McMillan, who says, hopefully, those who did 14 or 30 will now do 30 and a 20. I just wonder if that had been a 30, how many people would be going above 30. I just wonder, do they keep their speed at 25 because of the 20? Do do you know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of stuff to consider there. In principle, I'm not against more 20 zones, I think is where I would fall back on as a default. I
0: I agree if it was selective in that way that they went right that road there. um, They don't. And we've seen that inside of the London area. It's blankets, it's the whole of you know, basically. And, and when I'm doing theory training, I always say this because you know, if, if people are in the area for the theory test, it's you know, streetlights mean 30, but in London, streetlights mean 20. It's hype, you know, much more likely that that's the case, it'll be signposted otherwise, and you know that's the way that wales are going as well i respect to wales they've managed to get the whole country talking about it which is better than dvsa did when they changed the highway code rules and most people still don't know um, that the h1 rule and and the um you know associated rules have changed um but yeah the, there was a project that i was involved in um if you haven't looked at it check out drivinghub.co.uk um which was with what was Highways England is now National Highways, and it was working with a, a black box insurance company. And there was the the conversation, almost a promise, of being able to use black box uh, data to find the roads that haven't had the crash yet. Because as you said, we work on a retrospective approach of crash first, fix later. But actually, if you have black boxes going, well, everyone's driving that junction too fast because you know the 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 um, the black box is picking up on the forces acting on the car. Maybe then we could put something in to slow people down a bit earlier, or you know, slow them down at all. Um, I think in the modern technological world, there should be options to do that. Um, I don't think there's an appetite with insurance companies to share data, Uh, but if they did that would be a nice approach. So, you know, it's it's something that is a – we're not just going to sit here and say 20 is not good, um, but that there are – what we want is it done in a sensible and intelligent way rather than, you know, it's all bad. Um, You know, and what would happen – do we need speed limits? That's my big, big question, but, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I should have saved that one
1: for later. Um, I'm going to answer that, but we may not spend the two hours on it there. It probably needs. Should we need speed limits and do we need speed limits are two different questions. Should we need them? No, because just because you're in a 30 zone doesn't mean you should be doing 30. Unfortunately, do we need them? I probably think yes, because people are stupid and don't pay attention. And I think that that's part of the reason. Well, I genuinely bought some new bleach today and it says do not drink on it because we need to tell some people this. So I think that... Oh God, I'm not going to go any further down that road, because, excuse the pun, not going to go any further down that road. But what I will say is, before we came on air today on air, um, I was speaking to you about... Um, I'm becoming a grumpy old man. And I'm trying really, really hard not to. And I'm catching myself in so many areas. You know, all the fuss about... Sam Smith because he dressed a bit provocatively at concert. So I'm like, Let it, David Bowie would dress him worse like that. Elvis dressed worse than that. You know, and it's like, I'm not going to shout at a cloud about that, but road safety is the one that I struggle with. And as much as I completely agree with everything you've said, I can't argue with it. I think that when there's a lot of people complaining about it just because they want to go faster. And I think that if you look at the core reason, not, not on about any of the... Conspiratorial reasons, but you look at the core reason of it being for road safety, and not wanting to kill people because you are five times more likely to die being hit at thirty than twenty. I think is a statistic. And something I didn't know that I found out recently was that your body is designed to handle twenty mile an hour impacts because some people can get up to that sort of speed. So your body's kind of designed to to manage that. But once you go over that. You're not designed to combat that anymore, and I found that quite interesting. But anyway, slightly off topic, but I, I don't have patience for people that just moan about it. I think if they brought this in, yes, we can be specifically critical, as you have been, and as I have been during this, and I have no issues with that at all. It's when it just becomes a oh, yeah, but I want to do 30 and I just want to go fast, and oh, the alliance of British Morris wow, 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 fuck off. And it just really, really annoys me when people are like that. So here we go. We've got some amazing humans that, that want to uh, share some thoughts. I'm guessing, Chris. I don't know about you, but I'm guessing that there's going to be some 20 mile an hour points raised here. Um, so Kev, you came in first. Uh, so do you want to? What, what 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 do you want to bring into this conversation, Kev? Uh, the only thing I wanted to bring in was about headlining at the Expo. And
2: I genuinely, genuinely would love to see Chris interview Love Day. Yeah. I'm (laughs) good. I'd love to see it. Absolutely love. I mean, to be honest, I would have loved to see Chris and Lou interview Love Day. That would have been awesome. Um, But knowing how much you love them, Chris. I, I would really, dearly love to see that. So if you can put it to the organisers that there are people out there that would love to see
3: it, yeah. I,
0: but there was a lovely moment at the DIA when I slightly overstepped and she put me in my place. Um, and, and anyone that was there will tell you the whole room froze. Um, I still I still stand by my point that getting rid of the B plus E test was stupid. Um, and had nothing to do with road safety, which was the comment that I couldn't keep quiet <laughs> at the time. But um, but we, we we have made up since and, and you know, we have spoken.
2: Um, yeah, I, I don't
0: know. It would be
2: interesting, definitely. And if there is, because uh, I'm planning on going, and if there is any other questions that aren't related to waiting times, I'll give a round of applause at the back of the
3: room.
1: <laughs> I mean... I feel like I should chip in here and say I'm, I'm only slightly offended that you know there's someone here that specialises in interviewing people and does it every week and, I, and yet you're choosing Chris over me. You know, whatever. But he, he who
2: shouts the loudest—that's all <laughs> I can say.
1: That's a very valid point, um, <laughs> Chris. What would you ask Love Day if you had her on stage? I'm putting you on the spot again. But is there anything that springs to mind, a challenging question that you would specifically ask her?
0: Oh, that is on the spot, isn't it?
1: Um well, I'll tell you mine while you're thinking. Yes. Okay. There's something along the lines of without blaming driving instructors or the general public, why is everything so shit?
0: <laughs> yeah, you've worded that better than I would have. Yes. I, I to be honest, I agree that Terry should be doing it. Um, because he's far better at interviewing than I am. Um um, but it'd be fun, you know, um, I, I think, yeah, it would rather than the question, it would be the holding to account that would be the thing that I think is most important and, and doesn't happen, you know, um, yeah, very, very rarely does someone come back and say, actually, that's not true, but just as an opportunity, cause I don't think it gets said enough, um, when uh, the people like um, Carly Brookfield from uh, DIA, Peter Harvey from uh, MSA, um, the the committee member, because there's a few of them, they kind of share the load from the NJC. Um, when they are in the meetings with DVSA, they do hold them to account like that, and they they do stamp their feet um And yeah, it does happen. So I, I'll just take the moment to actually acknowledge the fact that you know they 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 do jump up and down on occasion. Doesn't mean it gets listened to, but yeah, you no, know, it'd, be, it'd be a good one. I, I I think it's got it's got to be about waiting list, isn't it? It's got to be. My question would be, why didn't they change it to eighteen instead of seventeen for the driving test? Because that I'm I'm going to keep hanging on to that for as long as I can. Um, but Yeah, I'd I'd like them to justify their actions.
1: It's worth mentioning as well, because you have given some credit to the the associations there, and and, and rightly so, but a little bit of credit to actually the DVSA, in particular Love Day Rider, because she doesn't need to come. She doesn't need to come and answer those questions or give a talk. She could just hide away, you know, and, and, you know, so full credit to her for turning up. I think that it is worth mentioning that she does that, because I have to be honest, I think if I was in her shoes, I wouldn't. So, you know, fair play to her um okay tony what can we do with you for what's what's on your mind
4: an awful lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> just settle down for a minute
4: uh, no no i just want to catch up with you you, you you mentioned the mega now i thought it was absolutely mega um i could learn so much and i got so many resources from that um so i'm looking forward to the next one um this is not enforceable. Uh we've not got police on the roads. And we've 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 not they cannot concentrate on such a an important issue like this. So whoever's come up with this idea is a great idea in theory, but, but actually, how are they gonna it's the dickheads that you want to be stopping going stupid speeds, and this isn't gonna do that. And I really feel it's a it's a great idea, but I can just see all the operational police officers with their heads in their hands, thinking, "What next?" But it's true, isn't it?
1: That's a really good point, actually. It's something we we didn't mention: the fact that if people just decide not to adhere to it, then what what's what's going to happen? You know, the again, some listening to a specific podcast today in preparation for this. The, the feedback they were saying from some of the trial areas and that a couple of the cities really embraced it and the feedback was really, really positive, but a few was really, really negative. Oddly enough, that the city was one of the ones that didn't have the signs put up. Oddly enough, was one of the ones that embraced it. Um, the, they just ignored it a lot of the time. So I think that's a really good point in that how is it going to be enforced? Because it, it's all right now where we get that bit of speeding from people but if everyone's speeding, how can that possibly be enforced? So I think that's a really good point. What do you think, Chris?
0: I it, it's that balance, isn't it, between putting rules in place and then actually being able to do something about them, because then you allow people to break all of them, and they potentially do. So you actually do the opposite of what you're trying to achieve uh, by by you know by not being able to back up. I you t- 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 what it's like. It's like with kids, you know. If you do that again, you're going straight to bed, and then they do it again, and you don't back that up, or I'm going to take your phone away, or I'm not going to take the handcuffs off, whatever it might be. Then it's that you've got you've got to see it through. And if they put in these rules and they don't back it up, then there's going to be an issue. If they put in these rules and then they do everybody for going 21 in a 20 equally there's going to be be an issue it it it, i I think it's a real challenge
4: anything to add tony a solution you could have some cardboard cutouts of police officers standing there with a pretend gun something like that i don't know no 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 uh,
1: nothing more to add thanks terry I That's love sad. some real police officers there, not cardboard oh. ones. I mean, I get your point, but as you said, and I think I touched on it before, I think there are things that I would have done before this, definitely. I'm not saying I wouldn't have done this eventually, but more, and again, going back to what you said, Tony, the, the officers in place to actually enforce it, the signage in place to enforce it, you know, if they've been... Researching it for four and i can't get my head around this they've been researching it for four years it isn't a trial city and that trial city still hasn't got all the relevant uh so I, I, anyway i not try not to repeat myself too much we're, we're joined also by a, a fellow podcaster uh in nick smith how are we doing nick
3: i'm not too bad terry thank
1: you oh i've never seen your smiley face obviously what, what 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 have you got to share with us today
3: this 20-mile-an-hour speed limit thing, its I thought we were supposed to be in the United Kingdom. We've now got the situation where the theory test is wrong for two different countries in the United Kingdom. Because in Wales, of course, if you pass your theory test in ross on Y, if you work just over the border in Wales, Which? how do you answer the question? Does traffic change the, the question? Okay, and so does it now specify only in
0: England? It says in England, Scotland or Northern Ireland,
3: yes. So Which is ridiculous. No, <laughs> so there's no longer a theory question about Wales? No. Because they, they didn't do that for Scotland when the national speed limit for trucks was changed and Scotland didn't do it. But we've got national speed limit in Scotland for one type of roadies is different to the rest of the country. We've now got... Streetlights mean something different in in Wales than they do in the in the rest of the country. There is no borders. There's no way to check that the person that's driving in Swansea has is even aware that there's a speed limit change. And I know they say ignorance is no defence, but here ignorance is actually a defence.
0: It's when the rain starts, it becomes twenties, and where the rain stops. It's 30s. That's that's how Wales works, in my experience. So that's fine.
3: So have gone to a French thing. now? <laughs> I, I,
1: I agree with the, the, the theory stuff. I think that the fact they've changed it and it's going to Wales, I, whatever, um, disagree with the ignorance defence thing. I, I don't think it is. I think that it should have, I go back to what I said before, it needed to have been implemented better there needed to be more awareness. Dan Hill said it on a podcast once about why can't there be a, an app or, or something like that? Because everyone's got a phone. So it's mandatory that if you are a license holder, you have to complete this online course every year or every time there's a significant change. And if you haven't completed it within six months, you get your license revoked. You know, I appreciate that's quite a big dramatic change, but so is changing the national speed limit. So I, I on one hand they are wrong to not implement it properly. On the other, if people, as as a couple of comments have alluded to today, if people aren't asked to read the highway code, that's on them. If people aren't bothered to keep up to date with stuff, that's on them. And I used to be one of those people. You know, Before I became an instructor and actually started paying attention to the fact that, oh, if I keep driving like this, I could kill someone. I used to be one of those people. And guess what? If something had happened, that would have been on me 100%. Not on the, you know. If I'd have still been driving now, when I'm not giving way to someone on a on a junction and they're stepping out, that's on me, because I wouldn't have taken that on board. If I go to Wales and I haven't decided to brush up on the any rule changes where I go there, that's on me. Now, alright, not everyone's as forward thinking as that. I.e., the 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 do not drink sign on bleach. I, I just think that sometimes we have to be careful to not make excuses for people. Um and I'm guilty of that as as much as anyone, whilst also whilst also being critical of the poor implementation. I think there's a really delicate balance to be had there.
3: But there is even with relation to speed, more important things to work on. Drivers of large vans, when was the last time you saw a large van doing 60 on a motorway rather than 70, 80, 90? I know there's generally good drivers in every type of vehicle, generally bad drivers in every type of vehicle. But, and yes, that was said specifically with my standards checking examiner. Right. <laughs> um, but they should be focusing on on that, or focusing on the bloody electric scooters that are plaguing everywhere, the unregistered motorcycles that are all over the place as well. The, uh, while you were talking, I downloaded some accident statistics from the government website, uh, when you look at single carriageway grey the numbers aren't huge, and I know how many deaths is acceptable. But in terms of safety, it's, it's not going to change a whole and it's just going to confuse our, our whole lot of people.
1: Respectfully disagree. I think that one of the ways you can change uh, culture is by enforcing it. Now, the problem we've got, going back to what, what Tony said, is that we can't enforce it because there's no bugger to enforce it because we haven't got anyone to enforce it. But that's, in my opinion, that's what they try to do. And if that's what it takes, and look, here's the thing, right? I don't think going down 20 is going to cause problems necessarily, apart from that it causes people to mourn. But it may save some lives. Now the data will come out, you know, and as, as Chris said, and, and as you've almost I don't mean this is an insult, and I think it may come across this way, Nick, and I promise it's not that this way. But almost as you've just proved, we can find any statistics to support our argument. You know, give me 10 minutes to go find someone that, that shows to uh, that I can – I'm not saying you've done this, but I could massage to, to suit my argument. So whilst I'm not saying I disagree with you necessarily, I just think I don't really see the massive problem and – Again, maybe I'm looking at it from the perspective of I'm looking at all the people that are really kicking off. Not like you, that's coming in it from an intellectual standpoint. I'm on about like the what is it, the alliance of British drivers or whatever it is that are saying it's the worst thing that's ever happened and they're stealing their freedoms and stuff. So maybe I'm being a bit biased towards thinking of those people. But yeah, I just think that the, the concept isn't atrocious. The implementation is.
3: Enough. if different people, different opinions
1: Wonderful look, I, don't think Wonderful with that, I don't think we're that uh, far apart as I said to Chris at the start, I don't think we're disagreeing, I think we've just got a slightly different view on what we're actually talking about, anything you want to touch on with that Chris? Um, no, I was just reminded of the thing we haven't mentioned, which is you, Les,
0: um, because potentially if my car was six months older, it would cost me £12.50 to go to my house every day. Um, and I think that's a similar thing, is this blanket approach to try and get a result. If I turn right coming out of the driveway, I'm in the middle of fields and you know farming area, and apparently it's, it's London. Um, so... You know, I, I think whenever you have a blanket a blanket solution to something, you're always gonna get the opinions. You're always gonna get people that are either end of that bell curve as well. And actually let it settle let it settle and there'll probably be some kind of happy medium.
1: I'm not gonna comment on you, Les, because I have an opinion, but I don't know enough for it to be a voiced <laughs> if you like. Um all right, Phil, let's let's move over to your good self. What what do you want to bring into this conversation?
2: Um, I first want to bring up that, that Chris mentioned that he handcuffs his kids and so we just brushed over <laughs> that. <laughs> I'd just come to expect stuff like that now. <laughs> I never said they were my kids. Oh, True. God. Yeah, yeah, handcuffing other people's kids is <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> particularly if they're annoying. <laughs> uh, um yeah, I would i sort of kind of just concur a little bit i, I do agree with chris on this one um so there's a shock um actually no, to be fair we agree on most things um i i think it's just a bit lazy is is the way I, it, doing the whole blanket approach of the whole it, it should and the problem with it being lazy is it means people are less likely to respect the speed limit because there will be roads that are twenty that you're driving along, going there is no way in hell this should be a twenty. Um, and we, I, in I'm in Exeter at the moment, and there are roads in Exeter that shouldn't be a twenty because they went overhaul on twenty signs. There are certainly roads that definitely should have been a twenty that got moved to a twenty, and the. But I think it was just a case of it, it, that blanket approach. Just it means you lose respect for the speed limit, and then people, but not us, because we're driving instructors, but we will be the only ones on the road driving at the speed limit. And I was talking to, um, one of the head guys at, um, vision zero Southwest, which are they, they're a road safety campaign that vision zero is zero deaths. And they were saying that they, and and he's the next police officer, and he doesn't like the idea of going down the enforcement route because it, it, they don't like it. It doesn't work. Um, and they much prefer like what education, um, and, 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 and pushing up education. They much prefer things like the speed awareness courses and things like that, because it, it educates and puts drivers back on the road, hopefully driving safer. Um, and things like if you want to reduce people's speed, make the road feel like it should be slower. So changing things like the road furniture, changing the width of the pavements and stuff like that it makes it feel like a slower road rather and i get that that's more expensive than than chucking up a few signposts um or just saying that the speed limits changed um but <laughs> the that that's the way i would go but again it's it's a money thing and and i if they were going to do it with just speed limits then i think they could have been more specific about which which roads um to have more respect to them
1: so I want to touch on two things there. Firstly, I love that point about the, the lazy aspect of it. As soon as you said that, like that just resonated somewhat chronic because that, that is what it feels like. You know, I hadn't put that word to it, but that's what it feels like. It's just, how come let's just do it everywhere. Screw it. We won't pinpoint this. And I think they have pinpointed a little bit. Cause I say it's not every single road that's changed, but it just feels like let's just do most of them, you know? And, and I think, That's a really, really good way of looking at it. And I think that that's probably where they're wrong in the the, 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 almost a lack of due care and attention. Because as you said, if, you know, we've all been down the roads that don't feel like they should be the speed they are, but you kind of put up with it because, you know, a bit further down, it'll change or whatever. But if every road's like that, eventually people are going to start giving up. On the the other, just thing I wanted to touch on, and I I do think we have to be a little bit careful with this. And and maybe I'm in the wrong for thinking this. I don't know. Is I think I touched on it before that there is a list of stuff we could do before. And I think everything you've said there is correct. All this stuff should have done before, you know. And then if it's still not working, right? Screw you all. We're going to twenty because you're not paying attention, you know. But I think they have. You know, I mean, I think there's an element of that they've done it. What are we doing with it now? And I think that would be an interesting place to move the conversation a little bit. Not necessarily now, because we've been talking for a long, long time. But I think that that I'd be interested maybe to have that conversation next month or at the Expo on the 8th. I love this talking. We'll we'll bring that conversation in then. All right, so it's 20. What are we doing about it? Because let's be honest, there's every chance that could happen here as well. You know, we can't rule it out. So yeah, that was actually... You can't with that one, Phil, in particular, Lesnar's his comment. Um, Chris, do you want to disagree with Phil?
0: <laughs> not, not today. No, I, I, I think he's right. Um, I, I, I think the big thing is going to be how, how are they going to enforce? And if they don't enforce it, what's the outcome of that going to be? Because, um, yeah, they, they, everyone's going to be running wild otherwise. Um, although I, I i thought electric cars should be allowed to go 30 and all of the other cars should be allowed to go 20 and see how that worked i thought that was an alternative
1: it's uh yeah i think people do what they can get away with don't they
4: mm-hmm.
1: and, and that's it and if they you know it's why we see you know why don't you stop at the end of the street because nothing ever comes you know and it's the same with these signs if you start doing 25 30 in these 20 zones then why would they ever change it if they don't get pulled up for it? Do you wanna come back on anything there, Phil? No. I'm just happy that me and Chris are back to being <laughs> being on the same page. I'm not. I was hoping for a bit of a bit of in <laughs> there. Um interesting point by Nick in, in the chat. If they went to twenty in England, I would have to reduce my teaching area drastically or lose a lesson a day. I'm curious, is that talking about going be, sort of between lessons? So going from one lesson to the next, not having time to get there.
3: Yeah, it's it's purely travel time. It's, it's purely travel time, particularly around the rush hours and moving around the rush hours. You can write off the drill Carrier as a chance to get across. you've got to go uh, through town roads. And if they took 10 miles an hour off me, the half an hour I've got, I lose five miles.
1: Interesting point. Um, I don't know how I would respond to that at the minute because my initial thought is tough, but that's really unfair. So I'm not going to say <laughs> that. Um, but, go on, Chris. Sorry. From an instructing point
0: of view, there's, there's a real risk that people then don't get experience. And we see this in the people that are teaching in London and can't get out to, you know, decent speed limit roads um where people don't have the experience you know i i'm i'm on the outskirts of london so we get people coming who've only ever driven in london coming to the local test center um, because they can get a test occasionally um and they you take them on national speed limit road and they're absolutely bricking it um they're too narrow they're not used to it you know that they can't cope with roads without parked cars which i always find interesting or roads without road signs, because uh, they're used to being told everything, so they you know, they drive in a particular way. I wonder if, if go, going back to the stats actually for a second, if the national speed limit, you know, country roads are the ones where more people die. Is doing this inside of, you know, inside of a, a reasonably wide area? reducing people's experience level going to increase those crashes that are happening and will they deem those to be connected to the twenties if, if that were to happen, because what they'll probably say is we need to make more roads 20 because those roads, you know, that, the it's going to be a disproportionate gap, you know, because of that, an increasing gap because of that. Um, I, it, I I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. I'm
3: glad I'm not in Wales. Chris has just made a point there that's made me think specifically about my area as well. Uh, And that is that already I only do 90-minute lessons. And that's because in an hour lesson, I can't get from my main customer areas to a national speed limit to carriageway and back again and have time to teach. Because there is no national speed limit to a in Sheffield at all. So I have to go out to the Dromfield Pipaces. If they cut the speed limit by another 10 miles an hour, then I'm either got to go for two-hour lessons or say, Sorry, it, you're not doing 70, it's on the motorway. And then I'm taking somebody that's never done 70 and dump them straight into a motor, which, yeah, which is usually spark motorway and down to a year. Anyway.
1: I think that ties in what you've said there, Nick, and, and, and Chris, to almost a little bit of what Phil was alluding to about the things we could do instead. And it's, a, it's talking about overhauling the system. You know, if you look at a driving test and and what you experience on a driving test, or you look at specific areas and what you experience in specific areas, some people have lessons and will never get on national speed limit roads. Others will never go on motorways. Others will never never go in rural areas. Some people will never get in busy town centers, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, I think that's, again, maybe slightly different conversation for a different day, but that's where you overhaul the testing system. You know, that's where you have to take certain courses if you like in in certain areas before you get your license allows you to do that that's going back to the whole graduated license thing also massively regretting that i didn't ask this question on my six for 60 because i think this would have caused a bit of debate and i'm going to put this in the next one chris just to warn you um all right guy what, what do you want to bring in
5: yeah hi terry um i think
1: listen to all this stuff tonight
5: you were talking before about becoming a grumpy old man. And yeah, that's happening to me, I'm afraid. I think I'm getting quite depressed, really, watching with everything that's going on. Because the more that seems to happen, it just seems to be, until we actually start to police some of the laws, you might as well scrap them anyway. We've heard, we've heard before about the um, electric scooters, um, e-bikes, they're supposed to only do 14 miles an hour. We got overtaken by one doing 30 the other night. We couldn't keep up with them even close to it. If they're not going to actually police any of these rules, there's no point in having them. So what's the point? And as with, result, as with um, the theory test, unless they start putting some sort of, even if it's just an online thing that you have to do every five years in order to keep the license, no one's going to actually bother to read these things. Because I did um, quite a lot of studies in social sciences with the OU um, a few years back, and unfortunately... A person can be very smart, but people in general are very stupid, and they will just go for the lowest possible thing. That's all they will ever do. So until we actually incentivize
1: them or enforce it, what's the point? I'm could I do something to you that I haven't done to the other guys? Um, what do you suggest then? Um, as, as as instructors? Because one of the – and I'm going to put a caveat on that, actually, for context um, – you guys know from this this podcast that and I've tried to avoid doing this today, that I'm not I don't just want complaining and mourning. That that's never been my thing. I want uh, answers, I want solutions, I want suggestions. So as driving instructors, because we can't make the government change their mind unless someone's gonna run for prime minister or start their own pie, in which case you've got my backing, by the way. Um what do you suggest we do? we all we can affect is the next
5: generation of drivers we can't do anything about the people that are already on the road and unfortunately it's the people that are already
1: on the road that the problem see there when we were talking before about inspirational speakers you almost made that sound like a negative to me that's inspiring we can impact the next generation of drivers as soon as you said that i'm like yeah we can yeah, and to me, that's what we should be doing. That's that's this whole conversation we've been talking about like ninety minutes now. This this that's that's what I'm going to take away. That comment, sorry, Chris, for all your our conversation before. But that that sentence, we can impact. Now there will be some people that listen to that, and they won't hear what I heard. They will hear, oh yeah, but we can't affect the other drivers. They won't hear the positive of, but we can affect these people. And I absolutely like right. We can
5: keep our people to be, they're going to be, hopefully, they're going to be more, um, they're going to be safer than the guys that are already on there if we're doing our job properly. Well, this is why at the beginning, of, you know, when I forget a new learner, one of the first things I say to them is if you assume that every other road user, and by road user, I'm not just talk, talking about car and van drivers, whether it's cyclists, pedestrians, cats, dogs, squirrels, the lot are all complete and utter morons are out to get you and drive accordingly, you're not going to go too far wrong. So they're already expecting. That's all we can do. We can just put them in the best place to deal with the idiots that are already out there. And I hope that's not coming over as negative, but I think we've
1: got we've got to try and you know, keep these people safe. I take it as positive, although we'll disagree slightly when you say we can't influence the drivers on the road. Now I think we can. I don't think we do it enough as instructors. You know, it's something you've probably heard me speak about before about the front we can put on, and it might not influence everyone, but it's the thing. If you influence one other driver every year you're potentially saving a life you're potentially reducing that ksi statistic and that could be because of the influence that you have on one of your students who goes home and talks to the parents and the dad thinks oh actually i never thought of it that way maybe i'll do it this it could be that you share some road safety stuff online and one person sees it and thinks oh that happened to me once Yeah, i need to change this it could be you create a Hmm. use my example. create a podcast that people go and listen to the five minute fairy podcast for example gets a lot of listeners that aren't learning to drive they use it to brush up on the theory skills so they don't forget this stuff so i i think you're actually underselling yourself I think you're giving this really positive comments again but then underselled, potentially influence you actually have on the current drivers the problem is we just don't see it because what we see is a negative we don't you know, think of your learners. They don't notice every car behind them with the lights. They notice the one car that one time that beeped at them. So I like that point. Chris, anything you want to touch back on there?
0: I think the social factor is, is something that we don't recognize enough. Um, there was a World Bank report. I think it was 2015, but don't hold me to it. Um, in which uh, they did a study of things that were going on, on around the world that was about you know social change, and in a country in Africa they put stickers on the buses where there was a high high level of fatalities on the road. People would get hit by a car, they they leave them to die at the side of the road. It was it was pretty pretty nasty, and they just said if you see bad driving, shout at them. Now we see that a lot. It's not bad driving. It's normally someone shouting at the car with the L on the roof saying "Learn to drive," which I always find a really you know strange thing to shout. They are well done for being able to read, but if we did that the other way, maybe we should shout more and criticise the the negatives. Maybe there's you know there's more to that as not us as instructors, but us as a society. If we can make something you know not acceptable then there's proven you know proven ability to have change there so i I think the best thing we could do as instructors is is what you've just said which is is have that positive angle and and not just go bloody cyclists um when was last time you played spot how many good cyclists you can see in an hour because they're all out there there's some brilliant cyclists we've got the um the, the the velo girls locally they are such an awesome group it's a pleasure to get stuck behind them because you know that sounds really wrong i'm going to start that one again but um <laughs> but no you know they they're not going to do something stupid they're not because they really take it seriously and and they you know they they look after themselves so yeah it, I, I think if we could spot the positives, um, then yeah, it's definitely something worth uh, worth thinking about.
1: I think it's good to shout about the positives as well. I think that's the other thing because, I mean, from my example, I've had it a few times recently. I had a, a motorbike coming behind me, so I edged over to the left a little bit, and he went round and just gave me that little wave that they give you where they put the hand out. And then I had one where I, you know, slowed down for Awesome Rider, and they give me a little thank you, and it makes you feel good. And you go, "I'm going to do that again because they gave me a thank you." Now, how many learners do we do that try and get the smiley face on the lights because they like the smiley face? You know. So I think that yeah, we'll shout the negative stuff, shout about the good stuff. It's all there. But anyway, uh, we've covered all the news. So shall we get stuck into the main topic of the show now? <laughs> um, no. Um, does anyone want to say anything else? Give me a little wave if you've got anything else you want to bring in, and I'll, I'll bring you on.
3: Uh, what Chris was just saying sparked off uh, a remembrance in me. I do drive a CPC course as a road for back roads. Um, we we're talking about different types of road users, and we've got the usual thing about BMW and Audi drivers and Mercedes right on the back button. And I think what we also need to be doing is almost educating people about the psychology of other road users, because when you look at the behaviours that these typically German cars exhibit during the working day they're all signs of stress so we need to take more more account of what what might be affecting them that we don't know um what you were saying about your your bike riders never always being quite good Chris. the yeah. same the same by the same token we, we also need to look at the factors that might cause less than optimal driving and account for them ourselves because a lot of these people around the you roads know, are very stressed by the boss breathing down and knocking targets that they can't meet. And they've got all the same worries we have about feeding the kids and keeping the roof over the head and this, that and the other. Is it any wonder that driving standards are bad when they've got this psychological stress
0: But we're not trained in that as instructors, and we should be. There's, I you know...
3: Diane. <laughs> <laughs> no, um,
0: uh, I was going to say, Lisa Dawn's course at, at Cranfield was mm. awesome for just giving an insight into that that driver behavior um so what i just assume and i teach that everybody needs a wee that's my my blanket approach of just assume that they need a wee because we've all been there and you know that that they're doing it for a reason um Or I've said before about Fiona Taylor's um, point that that really struck home with me, despite other people having said it, which is the first response is an emotional one. Don't judge them by it; judge them by the second one. So yeah, I, I you know. No, I I, I agree. I, th- I don't I don't think we do enough of that, but I don't think we're taught enough of that. Um, you know, I I've been lucky enough to to do other bits around kind of psychology and things like that, and. I don't feel like I know anything, Um, but, you know, there's bits that I can kind of draw on. Uh, Let's look at, you know, go back to looking at Norway, um, where you do a a degree qualification of two or three years to do this job. And then they have two different types of instructor, one of which is doing exactly that driver psychology um, rather than the practical stuff um you know we we can't even get our heads around the fact that being a theory trainer is a real thing and i am still an adi i've had three phone calls this week from intensive companies trying to flog me courses and i've said i'm not on the road i only specialize in theory and they go oh you're not an adi anymore yes i am i've got a badge you know if we can't cope with that change we're never going to cope with the fact we ought to teach psychology
1: both. i think i agree with both of those um I think the other thing I just want to, to to finish on is, you know, when we're speaking about this show, we, we have a very loose uh, idea of what we're going to do with the show. You know, quite often I'll text Chris at the start of the month to arrange his date and I'll say, I've got this idea. I have no idea this month. Suggested to Chris, Chris' idea was how we engage with the industry, which is what we're going to talk about, but obviously a lot of news. But I think how we engage with industry, this is it, I think. You guys are doing it now, coming on board. Um, We've got people listening to these shows. We've got people engaging with these shows. They're watching these shows. Not just mine, obviously, but I think this is a a really good place to start with that. So it's probably a good starting point for next time as well. So, uh, yeah, big thank you to you guys for joining us today. Uh, It's been great to have you along and get your input. Thank you to you, Chris, for joining me for the the Green Room, as always. And, um, yeah, I think I was right at the start of the show. Uh, It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with
3: leaders, innovators, experts, and in game changers about what drives them.